If you've been pondering politics this week, then you've come to the right podcast. This is Pottering Politics. What are we pondering this week? When should an MP resign and should Jacob Rees-Mogg be next? Has Brexit changed the way Britain votes? Which party leaders should be included in the TV debates and does it matter? And who is Tom Watson and why should you care about him leaving Labour? I'm Andrew, the man on the street. I'm Simon, the man on the classroom. And together, we're we're pondering pondering politics. So section one of today's podcast asked Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hi. When should an MP resign and should Jacob Rees-Mogg be next? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, Obviously, this comes from the fact that both parties have had the worst start of any general election campaign ever. (laughs) I think that's quite fair to say. There's been major Um, resignations on both sides by relatively major people and by new potential candidates. Like, they're all over the place. Exactly. But I would give the advantage of disaster to the Tories, mainly because of the unsavoury nature of their resignations. Normally, the other ones are, which we'll probably get onto, um, people that don't believe in Labour's current trajectory (laughs) exactly the way they're going and stuff like that but the Tories ones are like normally either very unsavory comments made on disasters which we'll get onto but well let let me give you a specific question then because you know because because there's because there's been quite a lot of resignations going on so let's take kind of each kind of topic in turn so essentially what's happened is a lot of people are now standing for election or for every party and the media in essence is doing their job and they're going through and they're investigating each one of these candidates looking at their old digital footprints on snapchat facebook uh twitter whatever and anytime they're finding some sort of scandalous com- comment they're publishing it and then various people are then suddenly pulling out so we have this conservative guy that's made a horrific comment about rape which you you might want to um, embellish on a minute and I and there's been a, another couple on the Labour side I think I know in almost all the cases they've pulled out so I guess the kind of question is should people be forced to pull out for comments that they made a long time ago even if they're horrific I think like everything it depends on exactly what it is because if you're talking about the Jacob Rees-Mogg situation which I'm not defending what he said but when I listen to those comments this was, uh, the, did, this was the Grenfell Tower comments This was the Grenfell Tower. So the, the media has reported that he was saying that he would have more common sense to listen to the fire brigade and he would have left the the burning um, flats. Yeah. And it's just, just ignored the advice. Now, I was listening to that live and I didn't take that from it. But listening to the snippets the media have portrayed, then yes, absolutely, it sounded terrible. And he hasn't tried to defend it. He has... Just apologised, yeah. unreservedly apologised over and over and over. Yeah, I think the rest of the conversation was in in context to what he was saying, but I, I'm not defending. I don't particularly like him for past comments he's made. So he's he's like a little bit of a repeat offender. So do, do you nothing. do you accept his? You know, using Mog as an example, if if we accept his apology and say he's made a mistake, he's apologised, let's move on. Should the same be the case for these these other candidates? Like, there's this guy, gentleman, who said it was a it was a debate about rape or something like that, and he made the comments of something with girls should keep their knickers on or something like that. It's something that's just awful. But let, let's assume it was you know that he he was young, he made a mistake, he's apologised. If we're accepting Mog, should we accept this new guy's? I think it's comparing apples to oranges and it's just it's it, no no I wouldn't I mean I, I understood what he meant but those comments he made in public were that just it's common sense they're going to come back and you can't say that because it is he was trying to argue for as far as I was aware and I heard the the comments they replayed them on the radio and stuff yeah he, he, he was basically trying to say that you shouldn't leave men on and men are very like you know they're 
I don't know how to put it apart from rapey. And, and it doesn't. <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only way he was. He, he was kind of getting that line that you know, if you lead a man on, then you kind of ask him. But but no, I. I yeah, that's, that's awful. It's, all, it's I know, awful. It's awful. It doesn't matter any point a woman says no. Doesn't matter what stage of of relations you just stop because. Otherwise, it is technically rape. And but, but, let, but let me ask the controversial question, like, 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 like because I mean, but without a doubt, what he said is horrific. I'm not defending him. I don't know him, etc., etc., etc. But what I, what I would probably say though is that probably every single human being on the planet has said something dumb, maybe even horrific, at some point, and maybe tweeted it out, or maybe you know we're doing a podcast here, etc. We, we we've done YouTube videos before. You know, there'll be a comment somewhere that we will have made out of stupidity that we probably didn't even mean that would could well be used against us and so do do you think that 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 we should be that the, the media should be finding these comments from a long time ago and excluding current you know future politicians like what if what if this guy that's pulled out could actually have been a really good politician but how could you be a good politician is if 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 these are your viewpoints and yes, he could have grown from those points, but I think it's all part and part of the parcel of of you know you're getting paid a lot of money as an MP, like eighty thousand pound a year wages plus yeah. famously their expenses. So you you should you should just know that not to especially like he made those with a political career in mind. It's silly. You can't compare yeah. that to let's say Kevin Hart made some homophobic and um, slurry comments on well, well, well before you hit big time. But that's a different genre. It's political leading, you know, a civilization in a country and stand-up comedy. <laughs> Literally, you can't take one seriously by the definition of the job. With there's, the other one, no, I'm sorry, you can't. For there's those a, particular comments. There's also an element of representation. So if you are elected as a politician, you are there to represent everyone in your constituency, male, female, white, black, straight, gay, women, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, if you've made these comments about women, just your your extent to which you can represent women all the way to what the extent to which women will feel you can represent them, it would definitely be diminished. And therefore, um, you know, that, that's a good reason to go. But, but there's also been another resignation this week, which is, which is on, I think it was on the first main day of the campaign, which was Alan, Alan Kearns, who is the Welsh secretary for the Conservatives, was also resigned through a very complicated case that was also in some way related to rape. But he had an assistant, I believe, that once was involved in a rape trial, but not his not his own rape trial. It was a rape trial of this guy's friend, but he caused the rape trial to be collapsed, to collapse. And apparently Alan Kearns knew about this and kind of covered up that he knew about it. So it's very complicated, like who knew what, who knew what, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But nevertheless, Alan Kearns has resigned, probably because there's a general election case on. And it, it made me think, sorry, I know this this is a long question, but the question that I asked you was: When should uh, an MP resign, or or a uh, or maybe even a cabinet minister resign? Because one of the things I look at A level is is something called individual ministerial responsibility, and, and it asks the question: Should a minister resign if they make mistakes in their department? But if you look at the evidence of the last, I don't know, say ten years, ministers tend to resign far more for personal scandals than they do for making mistakes in their department. So, like Amber. If you think about all that, like there's been a lot of resignations over the last like four years or so, but nearly all of them have been Brexit related. And the ones that haven't been, um, like Amber Rudd, she resigned because she accidentally lied to a select committee or deliberately resigned to a select committee. So wh when do you think a minister should resign? And and it, would Alan Kearns' uh, thing go under that heading? Yes. And I think to sum it up, in, in my opinion, it would be when their integrity and their honour is brought into question. Like, Jacob Rees-Mogg said something really stupid and really badly, 
but I don't think he actually, my personal opinion is that I don't think he actually meant that the people at the time should have just ignored the police and they, uh, the, the fire brigade and they should have known to ignore the fire brigade. I think he just, just terribly and stupidly just got it completely wrong way that no one else could take it apart from the way he said it where the other ones are literally bringing in their honor and their integrity and their outlook on people. It's the same as when you do cover up from bribes and stuff like that. It's a different type. It's not just being stupid and a mistake to learn from. It's like it's bringing in your very moral fiber to it, so to speak. Do you think a minister should resign? Like, like take for example, like someone like, uh, what was the old health secretary that took on Boris for the um, conservative leadership? Uh, Jeremy Hunt. You know, you know, oh, yes, when, yes, you know yes. when Jeremy Hunt was putting through a lot of kind of health reforms, and there ended up being a lot of strikes in the um, in the health service. And I was reading recently uh, David Cameron's autobiography, which I just finished, and I would thoroughly recommend it uh, as as an interesting political read. And, and and David Cameron very much took the attitude that he was going to reform the health service. They knew they were going to get flat for it, um, so he supported Jeremy Hunt every step of the world step of the way when these these strikes were taking place. But you know, do do, do you think a minister should step aside? when things in their department don't seem to be going well? It, it depends the, the level. Using that as a, an example, my opinion was yes, because it was just so much bad press. It was so bad in the NHS. All the doctors, nurses, you know, you spoke to anyone in the NHS. At the time, I was, like, I remember it quite clearly, I was very shocked that he didn't. And he just, and obviously Cameron would stick by his colleague because obviously that was the whole genre of the the uh, conservatives at the time. Well, they, they they wanted to push through these cuts, so they knew. Yeah, that it, it was all about cuts. It was all about um, the, the, the austerity and, uh, and yeah. austerity and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I think personally, I think he should have stepped aside, and it probably would have helped in the long run because it didn't help his reputation, um, and it, it stuck to him that, you know, since then. And I know, actually, we've spoken about it away from the podcast and we have slightly differing um, opinions on this. But I think that, yes, because he was just making it. I mean, I know it wasn't his fault. It was the party's direction, but he was the face of the cuts to the NHS. So I can't see how he would have avoided it. But not, not I wouldn't even put that in in the same ballpark as the rape comments. It's just poison. You just shouldn't make those comments. I know they're, they're not, but they're, they're, it's, in, it's interesting to me because I think there's this, there's these two different threads that there's resigning because you've personally screwed up, you know, whatever it might be, like financial scandal, saying something horrific. And then there's also resigning for something that's taken place political. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and I think political resignations are far rarer. There, there was one pretty Patel resigned uh, or, or was fired, whichever way, whichever way you want to call it over, she she'd arranged she she'd arranged some secret meetings with the with the Israeli uh, yes. leadership or something like that, and so that was a bit that would be an example of someone screwing up in their job and resigning or being fired. But then another one, I mean, just just just, just to go to the the you know go to the top, like should Boris have resigned when his proroguing of Parliament was um, uh, was overturned? Because you you said earlier that you know they they should resign when their integrity is called into question, their ability to do the job, their personal qualities. I mean that that really you know if he, if he'd acted unlawfully, that's a big question over someone's personal integrity. But it wasn't okay. I'm going to stick up for Boris Johnson here. It wasn't in you know he didn't know it was un, unlawful. He got legal advice and it had to go to the courts, three courts in fact, to actually be declared finally unlawful it's not like he went out of his way right okay i'm gonna do this and i know it's unlawful yeah it's, it's different i mean he, he he just pushed the uh, the parameters of what he could do and then the court decided no actually because because otherwise if it was blatantly 
unlawful, then he wouldn't need to go to court. He'd be like, well, that's unlawful, as per this past case. But no, I, I was still wouldn't even put that in the same park. But, um, the, the Patel one, that, that was ridiculous. I mean, meeting foreign uh, governments and that's, come on, that's like crazy. <laughs> Definitely resign or get fired for that one. But it, it, I think it does depend on each case individually and what, what, what the situation is. I think it's often the other factors that make the biggest difference. And I'm going, like, like I think that, that it will, that the other factors involved will be things like election campaigns. Like, would Alan Kearns be going if there wasn't a general election campaign going on right now? Maybe, but because, like, you know, he's quite distant from this, this rape case that's going on. You know, he hasn't personally been accused of any kind of you know, anything to do with that. And, and I wonder if it was just a case of there's a general election campaign on going on, we need to get rid of this story right now, you've got to go. And within the case of, um, of, uh, of, of, other, of, of of other resignations, you've got kind of, well, well is, it, is it damaging the party? Or with, or with Jeremy Hunt not resigning, for example, was it just like there is a bigger agenda of austerity cuts we need to get through? So, so I wonder if, 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 if the, the actual crimes, in quotes, that take place always actually take second... Um, place to the the bigger factors such as electorability and events and all those kind of things. Um, well, being being very cynical, I would say yes, but you know me, I am Mister Cynical about all these the things. Cynical man on the street, right? Very cynical. Second second topic. Then what's this? What are we talking about? Has Brexit changed the way Britons vote? So this I, was this was to do with the Panorama show, which was on Tuesday night, which I thoroughly recommend you, you guys check out. Uh, David Dimbleby basically went around the country and spoke to a load of voters who have traditionally voted, say, Labour, Conservative, Lib Dem, etc., etc., and talked to them about how their voting patterns have changed since Brexit. And the results was actually quite shocking and definitely interesting. So, I mean, I know you haven't seen the programme, Andrew, but like, what's your view on just the question as a whole? Has Brexit changed the way people have voted? I would say absolutely, because obviously Brexit is a very emotional thing for one side and a very logical thing for the other. But you know, each side has different reasons for voting. Um, I think it's this current election. It's really like I mean, the, the waters were already very muddy and this has just made it much, much muddier. But even if you applied Brexit to a past election, let's say it was like, you know, Kinnock and Thatcher or something crazy like that, it still would change because I, even even me i mean i'm quite open with this i still don't really know who i'm going to vote for i keep a day to day each as soon as these different things keep coming out in the news i'm going from one side to the other and brexit is on my mind i'm thinking oh you know but you know because obviously as we discussed last week's you're a remainer i'm a brexiteer and it is always in the back of my mind that you know okay normally i would vote for labor but then they're, they're very unattractive with what they're doing and saying and a lot of their things at the moment not so much corbyn but there are other things but it's not as easy for me to vote for them as usual because of brexit there's something i teach in school where we look at voting behavior where we look at um things like social class and and demographics and things like that and you know i, I get the students to like draw a traditional conservative voter and draw a traditional labor voter and, and it's all the things you would expect like um slightly richer tend to vote conservative and slightly more higher educated tend to vote liberal bizarrely and well, not bizarrely but you know you might not know and um and you, you can you have these traditional demographics and um what's really interesting is that people have slowly been moving away from them and there's various factors for that um the invention of new labor was a big factor for example when tony blair kind of made it more acceptable for traditional conservative voters to be able to vote labor and and um and and, and things like that but what the interesting thing about what brexit's done is it's made people that would have never considered voting conservative before think 
yes, Boris is my guy. And there, there was this, there was this uh, wonderful lady in the documentary, which was on, um, from Wales, definitely working class, hairdresser, voted Labour all her life, and she was saying, but I want Brexit and I'm voting Boris without a doubt. And, and then there was someone else, I think, going the other way that had always voted Conservative but was a Remainer and was now thinking, well, I'm, I, I've got to vote Liberal or, or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. That, that, is, that is me. <laughs> See what I mean, I, I am. It is popping in my head. I mean, I know we joke about it and you keep saying, oh, it's only a matter of time before you vote Conservative. But it, I do find <laughs> myself going, do I really want to vote for the Labour Party? Do I, I definitely don't want to vote. I mean, I was quite... Lib Demi before and now I'm recently with the kind of stuff they're saying it's completely turned me off and I am finding myself keep coming back to should I <laughs> that kind of thing and I've never you, you know my voting pattern since I voted I've done uh, Labour 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 Lib Dems Labour yeah, I think, I think that's it. one of the topics I think I'd like to talk about in a future um, video is like, what is the big, big issue of this election? Um, in fact, in fact, write that down. We should talk that in a talk. Yep. We should talk about I've that. Got, in a I've few. got the pencil with the big <laughs> pen on it. Right, write that down. Because I think, because if Brexit is the issue of the general election, like the issue, the salient issue, then you would vote this way or that way. But if the NHS or leadership or whatever is the salient issue of this general election, then we might vote something completely different. Um, so and, and, and that's what each side is fighting for. I think Boris will you you're going to see it more. Boris is going to be fighting to get the the battleground about Brexit. Yeah. Labour Party in Corbyn is going to be NHS students stuff like that, which I find a bit weird uh, because I, I I was talking about this the other day and if Labour said something like um what was we saying oh, that's it um if so, Labour said we're going to bring the the pension age back down to 62 or 60 again yeah they would steal so much votes from the Tory party because obviously obviously you know as you know a lot of old people vote Tory but you know if you if you told someone actually no you could retire at 60 again just like the good old days why don't they do that but they keep going to the people who are already going to vote for them so yeah I'm, I'm writing that down now I think you always have that tricky again this is probably another debate for another time but you always have that tricky thing as a politician is that you you will make some policies because you think you know they'll be electorally popular but you make other policies because you genuinely believe in them and I think it would be impossible for any political party now to reduce the voting age just because there's so many retired people like it's just financially impossible to have that many retired people um on yeah, but- on pensions and benefits and things like that and I think the only the only reason you could possibly do it is because you thought it would be a popular policy but you would not be able to implement it but if you took away some of the other policies that are turning off people like myself, like um, closing, completely closing down private schools, which, which I've been told by political um, um, labor activists that I, I formerly worked with, that that wasn't the message. But that's the message I'm getting from the media. If you got rid of that one, maybe you would have enough money to, to do the, the pension idea. It's just a, a lot of things that are just aimed at the people that are already going to vote for labor. Why not use some of the money in the budget to try and get some of Tories votes and then get into power? It's a bit... I don't get it myself, but I'm not a politician. Right, TV debates. So there's a lot of stuff going on about TV debates and a little mini bit of history here. So Britain never had TV debates until 2010, when famously there was um, Cameron versus Brown versus Clegg, and Clegg wiped the floor with them in the very first one, which led to the Clegg mania and everyone being like, oh my goodness, the Liberal Democrats are going to win everything. And then when we get to 2015, David Cameron didn't want them, and he's quite open about that in his book. Or he, no, he, no, I'll rephrase that. He did want them, but he didn't want to 
um, be exposed in them. So he deliberately kind of changed the format so there'd be more parties involved. Then we get to 2017, and Theresa May bottles them famously, and it was one of the one of the it was one of the few it was one of the main ways that the the shine started to come off Theresa May. You know, when back when she was really really popular, she you know people thought she's the one. She's got she's got she's got balls and all that kind of stuff. You know, she, she's determined. She's confident she'll get it done. Oh, hang on a minute, she's scared of a debate. Um, so here we are now in 2019, and the TV debates are taking place again. But Britain's never seen Britain has never really settled into a set format for them whereas in america there's definitely like a, this is how we do tv debates in almost every election now we have had tv debates maybe four times i think but every time it's been different you know which parties are included which parties not included etc 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 and it's kicked off this time because they have put together a debate with boris and jeremy and the lib dems have come along and said well it's sexist You're, you've got two guys you're not including the women this is sexist leave us out so Andrew, clearly it's sexist to not include the Lib Dems. Oh, this this made me so like so angry. Just really because you because you because you feel the women should have been included. No, the exact opposite. It's because you feel clearly... the women should not be included. This is appalling behaviour. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a there's a future career in politics for you. What you just did. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's just it's, it's quite obviously not. Do, do seriously now? Do you think Boris Johnson sat down and went? Well, I don't want to debate it with a woman. Of course he didn't. And neither did Jeremy Corbyn. It's nothing to do with that. In fact, it's ITV that set this up. And and, and, and it's obviously about the, the government against the Queen's opposition. Now, if Lib, Dem, Lib Dems did become the main rivals for whoever the government was and became the Queen's opposition, then absolutely, then they should be included. If they weren't included then, you have to ask the question. But to come out publicly... It's just eye-rollingly stupid. It's just, oh, come on. It's just, I used to like Jo Swinson before the, before she came into power. I thought she was actually all right. And when she won the, the leadership, I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. But now, oh, come on. Really? Sexism? You're playing that card? But do you, not, do you not think, though, that part of a TV debate is to show the electorate what the options are? Are and I mean I mean I think you alluded to this a minute ago and, and you might bring it up again but like this phrase the Lib Dems can't win and you know it's between the two I mean the Lib Dems are going to stand in every seat there is nothing that if if everyone voted for the Lib Dems the Lib Dems would win There's, it's not like the SNP where they they're only standing in a certain area and so they you know they will not with you know you know be the biggest party you know the Lib Dems it is 100% possible for the Lib Dems to, to win, you know, by people voting. So, and by not including them in the debate, it, it, it gives the message to voters, these are the two choices. And the reality is there is many more choices. You're completely right, but that is beside the point of the sexist question in particular. The, the sexist question is, what was this a conscious decision against a woman because she's a woman? No. It was a conscious, maybe it was a politically motivated by ITV and Corbyn and Boris and they all, I don't know, but it definitely wasn't because she's a woman. I mean, if Theresa May didn't resign and she was still the prime minister, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And no one would say, oh, you know, because it's just, it's silly. Now, you're right. There should be another debate, and there is, it's already been planned. Is it Sky? I'm not 100% sure, but there's definitely another one that's going to have... Um, Lib Dems, uh, basically nearly all the parties. I think the Welsh guys are getting involved in well, Everyone. I, th I think Boris hasn't said whether he's going to be in that one yet, though. I think that's the... 
The, the... He's probably going to, because this, this is going to be his strength. He likes talking over people. He likes making silly jokes and going blah, 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 blah and all that business. It's, it's, his, <laughs> it's his strength. And, well, he, he never but, came across all that well in the, um, the Conservative Party ones. Do you remember? Do you remember everyone was like, oh, he'll yeah. be brilliant. And actually, he was fairly quiet. Yeah, well, he did. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It, it was all the, the. It was quite obvious when, you know, it's blatantly obvious. It's a message, a post on when someone's saying. I think Theresa May started this strong and stable thing, and since then it's been quite clear when someone is just repeating, and, and that's what he did. He's like, "Good Brexit done." And uh, do or die, yeah. get it done by thirty first of October. Everyone else is going to extend by thirty first of October, but I never will. And Hunt asked him very like interesting questions that then obviously came true. It's like, what if you were nearly nearly at the deal, but it went past the thirty first? What would you do then? And he was like, oh, get Brexit done. Well, yes, just, just, just to segue on that one slightly, I mean, I, I don't think it's Boris's fault that we haven't gone out. I, I don't think there is a fault, but I, I think Boris was very clear that he was trying to get Brexit done, and it's been other factors that have prevented it happening. And you know, I, as a Remainer, I'm glad it's been delayed, but I, I don't hold Boris responsible for it not happening. I don't really hold anyone responsible. I think it's just happened. Um, and, and and you're a rarity because most remainers that I speak to and see comments on the internet are brilliantly like predictable in in the whole. Oh yeah, no, he lied. He lied again. Well, they, someone kind of made a law so he couldn't do what he said he was going to do. It's a little bit. You know, if someone made a law that I couldn't go outside, and I said I was going to go outside. It's a little bit different. It's a bit stupid, but hey. There, it, there, there was an absurd one from David Lammy that was saying that accused him oh, of both. Don't, don't start me on Lammy. Oh. He, I think he both put together. He also he said in in the same tweet he said Boris Boris has put together a terrible deal and he didn't manage to get Brexit done by the thirty first. And I was just like, yeah, because you stopped him. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's, uh, that's it. If, if everyone just decided what they were going to do and actually carry out Brexit like everyone said they were going to do straight after the anyway we, we, we're turning this segment into yeah, a Brexit segment let, 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 let's just let's just stick to the TV debates thing so the first part was who should be included um, and, and the second part was does it matter so who in your view should who should be in this TV say there was only one TV debate just for argument's sake like, I know, so I know we're playing I, fantasy but if there was only one TV debate which party should be there so if I had my own TV network which you know you never know uh <laughs> I would include the Liberal Democrats. But if I decided not to include the Liberal Democrats and the Liberal Democrats leader just happened to a woman, I would be <laughs> okay, okay, move on, outraged. Move on. Okay. <laughs> no, but I'm still really annoyed about this. So, uh, But no, I, I do think Liberal Democrats should be included, but it's completely up to ITV. What about Brexit? Should Farage be there? Oh, I think, hang on, I'm making a note to discuss Farage on another episode because he's got my way. You know, from, well. from, but from a democratic representative point of view, like, they won the European elections. They should be there, yeah? No, they're a fringe party. The European elections are just Ooh, protest votes most of the time. Really? Sorry, and, and this is from a Brexiteer as well. So, no, come on, the, the Brexit party will not be in... Turn down the street. I don't even know who would be because Farage isn't even standing as an MP. Who would they put there? Who would they put in the debates? Hmm? Go on, answer that. <laughs> because he's not, would he, he's not standing to be an MP, would he be in the debate? What about the SNP? 50, no. 50, 50, 50 MPs in Westminster? Yeah, because of the, the stupid way that the system works. But no, because they only represent a small part of, of the country. But they are, they could potentially be part of the next government. Yeah, very, very potentially, especially, you know, yeah, I, I I, agree. But every time there's been a, and, and this is from Scottish Heritage guy here, but it's annoying just to hear them, you know, it's like, right, okay, oh, yeah. your point. The answer to everything is Scotland. Yeah, Scotland, 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 Scotland. <laughs> and there's a, famous, there's a famous YouTube video where it's like she denies at the beginning of the, um, 
the, 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 the clip that she doesn't talk about Scotland and someone cuts all the time she says the word Scotland together and it's hilarious because it's just everything I turned on the radio the other day and she said Scotland like 15 times before I go out of my car park it was ridiculous so no it's, I, it doesn't represent the whole country those the debates are about okay who who realistically is going to be in charge and why I've just set off my Google there. That Does it have to be in charge? Like, because, like, because, because, I mean, let, if we go more realistically, I agree with you. The Lib Dems aren't aren't going to win. They 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 may do better than expected, et cetera, et cetera. But it is entirely possible and perhaps likely that they could be part of a coalition government. And so then, so then the next question is that well, could anyone that could be involved in the government should they be in the TV debate? Which then might start to include the DUP because obviously, well, that's because yeah, technically, because technically they are. Well, we'll have a supply and supply and demand deal with. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. I, told you, I mean, this is one of those things. I know I'm not sure what my opinion on is. I mean, my own preference would be to put the Lib Dems in, but as far as I understand it, if I get my numbers right, the Brexit, the UKIP, rather than the Brexit party, UKIP got more votes than the Lib Dems in 2010. I think it yeah, was. Yeah, two elections ago. Yeah. Um, and the SNP have more. MPs than the Lib Dem, so it, it, it's hard to know by what criteria what criteria to use because you get a different result in every time. So in some ways, you can actually see why ITV or whoever it was just went, you know, what just Labour and Conservatives because because there's a clear yeah. argument for that. Um, but it's I think the answer is to have an, like three, th- two or three different debates, debates with one, different combinations. Yeah, one with the main opposition. Another one with like realistic combinations of who could help get who get into power, and then maybe have one with everyone on there, and it's like giant big battle royal of lies, <laughs> or just an actual Royal Rumble, you know, just over the top. Yeah, rope. yeah, just over the top rope thirty man elimination uh, uh, winner goes to WrestleMania. Brilliant. And, well, then you need then you need th- <laughs> then you need thirty, so that would be great. Oh, do, no, does, it, does it matter? Did the do the TV debates matter? Well, I think Clegg proved they did. And they do. I mean, I personally, I mean, I, I would say this because I'm part of a, a political podcast. So I'm not your, in that respect, your average man in the street. But I have tuned in. You're into an exceptional man on the street. Oh, thank you. You're making me blush. You can't see it on podcasts, obviously, but I'm <laughs> scarlet with embarrassment. Um, I have tuned into everyone, including the Hillary Trump ones, which, you know, I'm just, obviously, that's my interest. But. Just for, just, for so clarif- just for clarification, that's Hillary versus Trump, not Hillary Trump. She's not an actual body. <laughs> Imagine if they got married. That'd be crazy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but not outside the realms of possibility. Um, I think now they do more than ever because you're hearing things. Um, I, I read a story on Twitter the other day that a guy went into his local pub. I think it was like a, 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 your, your usual Weatherspoons, and someone's watching something on a laptop and they thought it was going to be football. You know, ch- I think it was a Champions League night or something. But, you know, he got around the back of him and he had a look at what he was watching. And he was watching the House of Commons debates about Brexit just before the last big vote. And would you have ever heard about that even five years ago? Would you have even heard of someone in a, a Weatherspoons watching the political debate? No, well, of course not. Brexit, Brexit has has shut some people off politics, but I think it has actually engaged and enraged a lot more. Absolutely. Um, although, to go back to your Nick Clegg example, though, Nick Clegg did very, very well in the 2010 debates. But, yeah, that's where it started. But, but when you actually look at the results, the Lib Dems didn't pick up a huge amount more votes and they definitely didn't pick up a huge amount more seats they ended up in government but actually it was that was more because labor and conservative didn't manage to defeat each other um yeah. and in 2015 it, it didn't really seem to make much difference at all you had david cameron deliberately kind of trying to keeping the, the tv debates on the down low there wasn't really much waves at all the, the only one i w- where i would say actually there is a definite difference was when Theresa May refused to take part in a TV debate. So you, oh, yeah. you, you, you spent 
and sent someone in her place. And sent it, Amber it, was, it was Rudd. It was, yeah. it was, it was Amber Rudd who actually who did who, who did pretty well, I have to say. Yeah, um, she, she got good press from that. But you could you could make a very bizarre debate that says actually turning up to the debates makes very little difference to whether you're going to win or not. But not turning up to the TV debates does. Yeah, I think I think it's a lose lose situation. If you turn up and do bad, then it's bad. If you don't turn up, it's bad. There's only one combination. If you do turn up and do do good, which is 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 the name of the game. But um, Clay well, you, did it very you, well. You always hope for that magic moment. Yeah, um, that 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 winning combination. But I I do think if there wasn't one, it would be a loss because I find it very interesting how people handle themselves under that situation. I do. I find it interesting, and, and it's a TV moment of the election i mean i do hope we don't get to the point that that tv elect tv debates become the only thing we judge a politician on because you could have an excellent prime minister who just happened to fluff his words once or, or didn't do well that night um but politics is a high pressure business and it does put people under pressure and shows how they present and you know all that sorts and um anyway Final right. topic. Final I've, topic. Yep. So this is this is my question to you, really, because this this week saw Tom Watson, the deputy um, uh, leader of the Labour Party, resign, and I don't mo- know much about him. So I would I would ask Simon, who hey. is Tom Watson, and why does this matter? So Tom Watson is a Labour MP who is and deputy Labour leader who is now stepping down Vol- voluntarily, it seems, but but dot dot dot. Um, and he, in the Labour Party, unlike the Conservatives, the leader and the deputy leader are elected independently of one another by their membership. So Tom Watson is the elected deputy Labour leader. And he was in place before Jeremy Corbyn became leader. So we're talking pre-2015 here, I believe. And Watson is reasonably moderate. You know, he's, he's not a Blairite. He was always more of a Brownite than a Blairout. And I, I don't know I'm showing my age by knowing what those words mean. Um, but, he, you know, he, he's definitely to the left of New Labour, but he's definitely to the right of Jeremy Corbyn. And what we've seen in the Labour Party since Corbyn has taken power is a definite shift of the Labour Party towards the left. Probably not nearly as much as the media makes out. And he's definitely not Comrade Corbyn and all that kind of stuff. I think that's a, a massive overreaction. And, I, and I'm not going down that road because I think that, that's that's that's... That's that's unfair to what they are putting together, but they are definitely no longer the the new Labour kind of um, what you'd call a social democratic party of of, of Tony Blair. And with to- with Tom Watson leaving now, you're removing one of the final few members of the Labour Party leadership that aren't what you might just call Corbynistas or or or, or of that kind of cloth. And over the last year or two, you have seen huge amounts of the more moderate Labour Party members either just quitting politics or changing party. Um, I'm talking here about people like Tristan Hunt, who went, who was a moderate, who went off to uh, go and work in a museum. I'm talking about Sugar Amuna, who quit the party to join Change UK and now got, went, has gone off to the Liberal Democrats. Um, you've got other members of MPs who are now, who are still there, but are they, they're refusing to serve in Corbyn's cabinet. I'm talking people like uh, Liz uh, Kendall and, other, and others like that. And so, so why does this matter? I think it shows that this that the 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 Corbyn direction of the Labour Party is becoming yet more entrenched. I'm not judging whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's down to the individual listeners, and I'll I'll ask you what you think. But I th- it's yet another sign that this Corbyn thing isn't just a fad. You know, it, this isn't just like something that's going to be here for a couple of years and then it's going to shift back. I, I wonder if the Labour Party's move to the left is now permanent in so far as say the next 10 years or so 
And that's what that's why I think Tom Watson going matters. So my thoughts on this are in the, the little bit I know, I, I obviously know Tom Watson is more central kind of, kind of probably where I am. I'm, I'm center left, maybe smack bang center, but I, I personally being cynical, Andrew man on the streets, very cynical. Um, I think this is bad. Um, and w- when this happened and the more things that have happened since the last election, I, I had a hard <laughs> look in the mirror the other day, like, you know, thinking wise and thought, am I actually closer to where the Tories are now? Because Labour have gone so far left. So I, I know, you know, the comrade uh, Corbyn, maybe that's another uh, thing for a, a future episode, but I don't know. They're getting very left. Some of the stuff they're saying is it's it's outside the realms of like real realism now, in my opinion. And this is what I'm worried about. I'm thinking that are they actually going to push more people away by going further and further left? Just like, you know, all the far right parties, it's going to have the same effect. And, and I wouldn't class the conservative as far right. Right, yes. Centre right, yes. But not far right. They're definitely far, um, like they're definitely far right as far as Brexit is concerned. Like they're far Brexit. They're not necessarily far right economically at the moment, but they're definitely... Yeah, but- yeah, but as we've discussed, those are quite different things. You you can yeah. have someone like myself who's sent a left centre and voted Brexit. We can hence, have someone hence voted, why we get the voting behaviour shift. Yeah, exactly. And because, you know, like, like the woman you saw in the, the panorama who's voted for Labour all their life, as I have, apart from one Lib Dem little flirt, <laughs> um, and then you're you're considering voting Tories because of all the, the things that keep being said. And it's just, I, I don't know. I personally don't recognize the labor party the way it is I, I don't mind jeremy corbyn himself it's just the, the movement around him saying that i heard someone from Mo- momentum on the radio the other day and he seemed quite level-headed i actually was quite surprised i thought oh here we go and he was he was fine i was like oh, okay actually a lot of what he said made sense it's just everyone else around them. i think there's this yeah i mean <sighs> Jeremy Corbyn and, and his beliefs, and, and there's a group in the Labour Party called Momentum. Uh, you know, you can you could call it a faction if you like. It's like a, a party within a party, and and Momentum have pulled the Labour Party in this direction, and 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 they did it by managing to elect Jeremy Corbyn, and now they are increasingly taking over all of the other positions of power within the Labour Party. Again, not judging whether that's a good or a, bad, a good thing or a bad thing, but the, but the, but it shows the power of factions as well. And you can see perhaps the same on the Conservative side. You've got a group called the ERG, of, who, of whom Jacob Rees-Mogg is a key member and a guy called Steve... Oh, I can't remember his name. Is it Baker? Sorry if I'm wrong on that one. But it, it shows the power that these small little factions can have in British politics that I don't think we've really seen so much. And because they're huge in American politics, you get the you get these groups called like the uh, the the Black Caucus or the Tea Party movement. If you've heard of that yeah, one, you, t- yeah, t- you, t- you get these groups that pull parties in directions. And uh, I mean, I guess in a way, you could. I mean, someone else might turn around and say to me, "Well, actually, New Labour." Was a party within a party that pulled the party the other direction. So maybe it's maybe it's turnabout is fair play, and it's time for it to go back the other way. I, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not really sure what my point is here and what my conclusions are here. But I do know as a voter, as someone that's fairly moderate, I'm, I'm looking at the general election now, and I'm going right. So I've got a choice between a reasonably far left party, and that we're now with the resignation of Tom Watson, that is going further left, and I've got a reasonably far right um, conservative party with that's pulling me in a Brexit thing. And I'm, and I'm stuck in the middle going, well, so you're saying that me as a moderate has to pick extreme number, extreme X or extreme Y. So where would you put Lib Dems in this? Well, then that comes back to the questions of whether they can win. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I think Lib Dems, have, the left-right thing has gone out the window with all the um, conservative uh, MPs joining them. And I think they're just like the opportunist party now. <laughs> it's just like, whatever, just let us in. I, I, I don't think they have a place in that debate. I think it's also, and this, this will probably be our final thought and maybe something we discuss next week. It also shows that the, the political parties move, that the, 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 the Conservative Party under Boris Johnson is not the same group as it was under, the, under David Cameron as it was under, say, William Hague, as it was under, say, John Major, as it was under, say, Thatcher. You know, you've, you've, all, you've got the same individuals in some cases, but you've got parties with different beliefs. And the same could be said on the, on, the, on the Labour side. Parties shift, which affects whether they are in line with different groups of voters. Yeah, absolutely. So t- to answer the question, who's Tom Watson and why should we care about him leaving Labour? He was a centrist Labour member, and we should care because Labour's probably going to go more left now. And the question is, will they pick up? How many votes will they pick up or lose as a result? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to today's Pottering Politics. We hope you found it informative. If you've got any uh, thoughts and opinions, then do get in contact. And things you'd like to discuss, then then please do so. Um, fantastic. And we, we have now got a Twitter account. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at PodPolitics. And we're growing our um, podcast availability so we're on a uh, spotify and soon to be on google and etc etc so and we're on An- anchor cloud is that right or is that or- uh, soundcloud and spotify are the two main ones at the moment but we are growing as, as soon as we get more episodes out there because obviously if anyone's listening you've joined us at the very the birth yeah the em- embryonic pol- podcast and obviously the, yes. t- the t-shirts will be available soon Yes, with like, I don't know what's going to be on them. You put me on the spot, so hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for listening. Uh, I've, I've been Simon. I've been Andrew. And together we've been Pottering Politics.